This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It doesn't sit right with my soul. That's kind of been a fun theme we've been playing with on the Burt Show lately, where you're getting something off your chest that's just not sitting right with you. Like when I threw a sick burn at Abby and then immediately felt bad, and she did the same thing to Kristen and also felt bad right away. Now, we're all good, and that was all in good fun, but sometimes you're not quite ready to confront your problems head on, and you need someone to talk to. And while we love talking to you guys about your drama, sometimes it's above our pay grade, and you need a professional to give you advice. I've been to therapy and there's something so freeing about unloading your problems on a therapist that has your back and you know is there to help you. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing. All you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirdshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Now, for those that don't know what a canon event is, Abby, can you explain, please? A canon event is a key event that happens in your life that makes you who you are. So the generic example that I always give is like when you're going off to college, but you still have that boyfriend from back home and you don't know if you're supposed to break up with them or not. And then you decide not to break up with them. People consider that a canon event because it's a common thing that everybody goes through, but it's something that's going to build some character for sure in terms of heartbreak. So it's different than milestones, like milestones would be like getting your driver's license, um, you know, things, things of that nature, graduating from college. A canon event, like you said, ends up kind of developing who you are from a personality character standpoint. Yeah, and on TikTok, people were joking like, oh, I'm seeing a girl go off to college but holding hands with her boyfriend she's been with for two years, but I can't interfere. It's a canon event. So it's something that might not feel good in the moment, but everybody knows it's something you have to go through so that you have those lessons for the rest of your life. Got it. Okay. All right, so what happened um, with, because I know you were out of town this past weekend hanging out with a bunch of friends, and apparently um, you all discovered a, a new canon event? A canon event that I think we all went through. So I went on a trip with a bunch of people I had just met or had recently met, and there was one topic of conversation that really brought us all together. We were like, oh my God, this was all of ours canon events. Mm -hmm. So I have a friend here who was kind enough to invite me on her annual friends trip to the mountains. We went up to Pigeon Forge slash Gatlinburg, which was a really good time. They go somewhere new every year. um, But this year we we went to Myrtle Beach in the mountains, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. (laughs) And let me tell you, Pigeon Forge is literally a fever dream. I remember we were (laughs) driving down the road at one point and I'm looking to my right and there's like a fake Eiffel Tower with King Kong scaling it, but it's next to a wizard's castle that sells sweatshirts and shot glasses. And that's just on the road down to the winery. So like you're you're like, how, how many moonshine shots did we take on this road? <laughs> but it's really just that crazy. And so when we finally got down to like Gatlinburg and stuff, you know, th- there's so many things you can do. You can like taste 
taste wine and, and do moonshine tasting. It's, it's a really cool and and fun place to go. And it is the cheapest I've ever gotten drunk since college. <laughs> you, so they, it has like this main strip down in Gatlinburg and every single gift shop, you can do either a wine moonshine or a whiskey tasting and they're five bucks and you get like seven shots. And so you leave just absolutely shmammered. So after we did a couple of, of uh, whiskey tasting one night in uh, Gatlinburg, all, all the people were like, why don't we go back, make some dinner and hang out because we have been out since 11 just doing moonshine tasting. So we all hop in the car and we head back to the cabin. And you know, when, when girls get a little tipsy, we get a little emotional, we get a little sentimental. Depending on what you drink. I know for me, and they say that's not true, like that's not a thing, but I firmly believe that it is. Like if I drink certain things, I'm, I know I'm probably more than likely going to be more emotional. So like I'm okay on wine, but um, if, if, if I drink hard liquor, then I'm going to be like in my feels about some stuff. Really? Oh. Yeah. For me, white wine. Yeah. I, I don't drink it anymore at all because I'll just instantly cry no matter how much I have. <laughs> But if I want a good time, we're going with coconut rum. Whoa. That'll hide me up. I just, I have a different drink for different situations depending on how I want to feel. So, yeah, I've heard they say it's not true, but it is. Yeah, I don't even think that's a woman thing because if I drink wine, I, it makes me emotional. Yeah. I don't know why. I stay away from wine for that reason. Yeah, wine for the whining. And it's weird how it affects everybody else because everyone, like, growing up always would joke about how tequila makes people's clothes fall off. For me, tequila is my, mo if I want, know I want to have a stable night and not get too crazy, I always drink tequila. Same. But I know if I have a little bit too much white wine, I'm going to trip up the stairs and bruise my kneecap and wobble <laughs> for the next week, which I'm not speaking from personal experience from this weekend. But anyway, we were all in our fields because we just had a crock pot of alcohol in our system because we had done moonshine and whiskey and sugary wine. And we're all kind of in our fields. And it was the second night of the weekend. And and so we'd all gotten, you know, somewhat close by the by the end of this weekend. And um, we decided to go upstairs and pull out this card game called We're Not Really Strangers. And if you've never heard of it, it's this really cool game where every card has a different intentional question on it. So it's things that make you think about your past and the things that you've gone through in your canon events, if you will. And it's a really great way to get to know people because it kind of forces people to open up because most people aren't going to just volunteer vulnerable information. Abby, I'm sorry to tell you, I think you did a therapy session drunk. That's, what that <laughs> that's like. really what it was. Okay. So we're all like in this bunk room and we're all just like kumbaya up and pulling out these different cards with these different questions on it. And finally it got around to me and the little siren in the back of my head goes, oh no, vulnerability, stop. And then somebody <laughs> asked me a question and I forget what the question was, but I do remember my answer because it opened up this whole discussion with all these women about something we've collectively gone through. And my th the question was something along the lines of like, what's something that you think about often? And I was talking about something that I was talking about in my actual therapy sessions about um, friendship breakups. And I, I was talking about how, you know, I haven't really had like a big romantic breakup trauma, but I've had a lot of friendship breakups and I've had a lot of friendships that have deeply impacted me in, in really challenging ways. And every single girl goes through said, Oh my God, I, I, 
I had a, a bad breakup in high school with one dude, but like, oh my God, my best friend breakup destroyed me. And for the rest of the night, I mean, we were probably up there for like two or three hours. Every single girl just gave an account of this canon event of losing either one or multiple of their best friends. And that was really healing for me because it's something I'm going through right now. And it's something that can make you feel very isolating because A, you've lost somebody in your life. And so you're feeling the loss of that person. But also it's it makes you feel like, is there something wrong with me that, you know, I, I lose people throughout my life. And it was very comforting to hear that this is something that a lot of women go through and a lot of women experience. And it was something that made us all feel a little closer, which was nice. Oh, yeah, that, I, I do. I believe that is a true canon event. And that would um, define how you that would define how you interact with friends in the future and how you create friendships in the future. Yeah, because I told them that because I was like, listen, I was a little nervous coming here because it, it, it's a group that's known each other for years. I mean, they have been going on this annual trip year after year after year since college. And it's probably about seven girls and seven guys. Some of them are coupled up. Some of them are, are singles. And I admitted, I was like, I had a little bit of social anxiety coming here because I have some friendship trauma and, you know, you're all like these really cool girls and it makes me nervous to be around new people because I have this deep fear of rejection. And the fact that you guys have just welcomed me has made me feel so like it healed a little bit of a bit of me. That's awesome. I, I wonder genuinely how you felt after it was all done and you got all that vulnerability out. Because I know for me, that game would have been a nightmare. Like, <laughs> you're like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm worn out. I'm going to bed. I don't want to see any of you again. <laughs> like when you get the vulnerability hangover. Yes. Oh, yes. And you're like, oh, God, what did I just talk about? No, can I be honest with you? And I hate to be, this makes me sound like I'm some like trashy alcoholic, but we were so drunk that night that I didn't have time to even overthink it because we were mm. all just we, the good time continued so after we had a little cry session upstairs and we put away the therapy game <laughs> like we went downstairs and we had other things we had to do so I mean we continued to drink more and we were playing games we you know we could take quiplash which by the way I'm very good at and it, it, the rest of the night was so fun and it made it more enjoyable because I felt like oh now we're like cool now we're like pals so it it showed that, you know, sometimes when you open up a little bit and, and and you are a bit vulnerable, sometimes people aren't gonna squash it. And sometimes people will welcome you more in when you open up. So that was a good mm, thing for me. That's good. The Birch Show. All right, moving on. Her landlord refuses to make the necessary repairs to her apartment. She's refusing to pay rent. So now she might be getting evicted. And apparently the plot twist is the landlord is her mother. All right. So um, if you have like a dilemma or, a, you know, any kind of need advice, you can always go to the com and hit us up and we will we will try to do our best to help you out. Maybe some Burke Show listeners have been through the same thing as you. So the email reads, I'm in desperate need of help. I'm currently in the middle of being evicted. My landlord has refused to make general and basic repairs to my apartment. We will start at the front door. You know, the thing that keeps things and people you don't want in out. Yeah. Well, it doesn't shut, let alone lock. My kitchen sink links to the link uh, leaks, excuse me, to the point the counter is breaking. There are hot wires that were never covered properly from the garbage disposal right where the heavy leak is. There is black mold throughout the house. For six months, we didn't have a kitchen light until I got it replaced. The walls are literally falling apart. And did I mention it's an old house? So there is lead based paint on the walls, which has caused health problems for my youngest. 
They have promised since we moved in to paint the walls because the tenant before had passed and all her stuff was still there. And I was told if I cleaned up the house, she would replace the curtains, paint the walls, and shampoo the carpets. It's been five years and nothing. We lived in one room of this apartment for the first two years because of the promise to paint and wash carpets, but the little one needed more space, so we had to spread to the rest of the house. There is a leak in our bathroom from an upstairs apartment. Their toilet and tub leak on us when we are in the bathroom. Two years ago, my ceiling in the bathroom literally caved in due to the leak. My shower handle is broken off. I can see into another apartment's bathroom upstairs. My walls are literally falling apart, and chipping paint has been a problem since moving in. Now that it's winter, it's freezing because there is no insulation in the walls, just horsehair. And about two weeks ago, we got home, and there was a notice due for not paying rent since COVID. Did I mention she got over a $7,000 check for my rent during COVID from a rental assistance program, which she lied on and doubled my rent on the application so she could get twice the money? When asked about the money for fixing the apartment, she said it didn't count for my rent because it didn't come from me. She spent it on a vacation. Now for the twist. The landlord is my mother. (gasps) Yes, her youngest grandchild had lead poisoning and she could have cared less. I have severe asthma, and she said nothing about the black mold or lead when we moved in. Not until after my youngest got his test results back and figured out it was lead, uh, it was lead, did she even acknowledge it? Our insurance was going to bring in an inspector to see exactly where the lead was coming from, but when I told her they were coming, you would have thought I murdered her puppy. She started screaming, saying I wasn't going to have a place to live because they would condemn the building. She was so pissy that I had to cancel the inspection. Now we are being kicked out days before Christmas and right before her youngest grandson's fifth birthday. Am I an a-hole for not paying rent? What are my options? I've been looking for an apartment with enough room to fit all my kids, but everything is way too expensive. We live paycheck to paycheck. Thanks for reading. That's that's a tough position to be in because it is hard to get a new apartment having to put down deposits and first and last month's rent. And a lot of landlords make you prove that you can make three times your um, rent payment in order to secure it. And so I understand why you stayed there. Um, you probably could sue your mother over the lead paint if you wanted to and health issues. If I were you, I'd probably try and make up with her. And then instead of paying rent, I would just put the money back into the property to fix it. And that's not fair. I'm going to go ahead and say that. But it sounds like that is best case scenario for you right now. If you can't afford to move into another apartment or find an assistance program, then move in and say, listen, instead of paying you rent, I'm going to start fixing up the house with the money I would have paid you in rent to make this a safe place. Because if your kid's under six, that lead poisoning can have a really, really damaging effect. Mo, what would you do? I don't know. This is heavy, man. Um, the fact that there's health issues involved here, you obviously have to take it a lot more seriously than if it was just other things. And it's your mom. So now you the, the relationship that you're going to have with your mother is on the line. I probably would try to find a way to just be done with it all yeah. and move somewhere with my kids any way possible, if that is possible. And I probably would sue my mother because I would think that mm-hmm. at, after this, the relationship with my mother is tarnished anyway. I don't think we would ever be the same. So for me, I would try to find a way possible to just be done with her and be done with this place and move my kids somewhere where it's safe. Yeah, and not only do I not think you're an a-hole for not paying rent, but um, I would go like be a-hole extraordinaire and I would put the inspection back on the books and I would have the building condemned because this is this is dangerous. 
Yeah, the livable conditions are like I can't even I cannot fathom the fact that your mom cares so little for your kids that she's willing to pretty much push you in a corner and make you live here. So I'm with Cassie. I think you gotta find some kind of compromise here, but only if it's healthy for you and your family. Because trust me, moving is very expensive. So if you can find a way to make this work and repair the relationship with your mother, it's probably the best case scenario for everybody. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Billie Eilish posted a spicy caption to Instagram and says Variety Magazine outed her. So we talked about this yesterday because Billie mentioned being attracted to women in her Variety Power of Women cover story. And on the red carpet, the interviewer asked her, did you mean to come out in that story? So she kind of laughed it off and it seemed like she didn't really care because she literally said, well, I mean, wasn't it obvious? I don't really believe in it. Just kind of like, this is just who I am. These are the people that I'm attracted to. I don't feel like I need to make a big deal about it. So it was very bizarre when yesterday she posted a couple of photos of the event and a caption thanking Variety Magazine. But then she went on to throw a snarky comment at that interviewer who she said, quote, outed her on a carpet at 11 a.m. So the caption says, thanks Variety for my award and for also outing me on a red carpet at 11 a.m. instead of talking about anything else that matters. I like boys and girls. Leave me alone about it, please. Literally, who cares? Stream, what was I made for? I think it's one of those instances where something happens in order to be appeasing. You just kind of laugh it off and joke with it. But the more you sit with it, the more it starts to bother you Mm. that that question got asked. Because I've been in positions like that where you seem very amicable and you just kind of brush it off because you don't want to make a stink. But then later you're like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have been asked. But if it was in the article, I feel like it's fair game. No, like if you're... Uh, uh, if you're a journalist on a red carpet and this was in the article that just came out, I feel like it's it's something that should be able to be discussed. I think you can debate that, but when I listened to it just now, before you even said what her response was, I, I got the same reaction because she contradicted herself and I didn't realize that. Because if, if you say this shouldn't even have to happen, why are we at a point where you even have to come out? Then why would you ask her if she came out? It, it just felt like, you see, like... You, oh, she was the journalist contradicted herself? Right. Yeah. Oh, for me, it's Billy saying, I thought everybody knew. Well, then if you thought everybody knew, why are you upset that somebody is asking you about it? So she contradicted, Billy also contradicted uh-huh. herself. <laughs> Which I understand not wanting to discuss yeah. your private life like that on the red carpet, but if it's in the article, like you have to understand it's fair game. And maybe she was thrown off guard, but I think uh, something celebs can learn is just, I'd rather not talk about that, thanks, and move on. Here's the thing. So when it comes to celeb interviewers, sometimes it's not even them who wants to ask the questions. Sometimes it's somebody behind the scenes, whether it be an editor or a producer saying, hey, this is a big deal that this is in a story that we're putting out. Can you just bring it up so we can get get more commentary on it? Because we at this point, we don't think Billy has come out at any point. And if this is big news as a as a publication, like we are going to put out this news. It's what we do as as entertainment journalists. And I don't feel like it was disrespectful. I feel like where maybe Billy is coming from is it feels like a vulnerability hangover. Like this really personal information is coming out and maybe you didn't realize it was going to affect you on such a deep level. Because to be fair, Variety then also drew attention to this one part of the story. And so I feel like it has less to do with the actual red carpet interview that she's upset about. I feel like it has more to do with the fact that like she said it in an interview and that was the headline of the story of like Billie Eilish quote unquote accidentally comes out on the red carpet. So 
I think it's a little bit of those feelings coming out and being directed at this interviewer, which kind of sucks. Okay, some exciting baby news, maybe. Uh, Ashanti <laughs> apparently is pregnant with Nelly's child. This is according to Us Weekly, so if it's fake news, don't come for me, come for Us Weekly. So Ashanti hasn't posted that she's expecting. Nelly hasn't posting that they're expecting. This is just kind of like circulating the rumor mill. It's r- rumor mill, but a lot of other publications yeah. have posted it as if it's fact. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, a baby. After all these years, I literally can't believe it. But it kind of feels like they're fueling the rumors just a little bit because over the weekend, they were at uh, some ball and both of them were together. And it seemed like they were sort of in on this joke when Ashanti placed her hands on her stomach and Nelly did the same thing, sort of as if they're either like, oh yeah, we're pregnant, which could be true, or it could just be one big inside joke. But they were laughing about it, so they seemed to get a kick out of it. I wouldn't be shocked. All that teeth Nelly been showing for the last 20 weeks after they <laughs> if somebody is pregnant. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I'm just impressed. If they are pregnant, I mean, both are well into their 40s. Ashanti's 43, Nelly's 49. Bringing a kid into the world at that age, snap for y'all. It would be her first child, too, if it's true. Uh I'm just going to tell you now, girl, it's glorious, but you're going to be tired. (laughs) 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 All right, the short list for Times Person of the Year has leaked, and some of your faves made the cut. I'll tell you which celebs might get the honor on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Is this a breakupable Offense, Probably. She was using the bathroom at her boyfriend's house. Didn't have any toilet paper. He refused to get her some. This is her viral TikTok. I'm breaking up with the guy I'm dating because of what he did to me while I was on the toilet the other day. And I'm not joking. Like, I'm being so serious right now. So I'm at his house. There's no toilet paper. I'm like, damn. Hey, babe, could you please grab me some toilet paper? He said, no. I already told you that bathroom's out of toilet paper. Sorry. <laughs> Want to teach her a lesson? No, but that's the stupidest lesson to teach. Yeah, Jess Jacobson went on TikTok and was like, I'm breaking up with my boyfriend because he refused to get me toilet paper. So she dumped more than one thing in that bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) She's feeling so much lighter these days. Right. Uh, For me, this would be enough just because it... I forget which relationship expert talked about this, but there's this big study that's been going around social media that talks about, um, and I wouldn't call this a bid for attention, but there's this relationship expert that can can predict when people are going to get divorced based off of how they respond to small bids for attention or bids for help. And to me, this shows me everything I need to know about their relationship that you were so stubborn that you would rather be right than help out your partner. Yeah. Right. And you have no sense of when it's time to play. That's how I would feel. Because this is not the time. Yeah. <laughs> not on the pot. Yeah, no, I'm on the <laughs> Alright, so Mo, your friend who is a tattoo artist and ghosted somebody he was tattooing and you called him out. We have to get an update to see if he finally sucked it up and owned his artistry and went back and finished that dang tattoo. Yeah, I felt like he had to make this right. I mean, just to to be right with the universe. And so I did call him out for it. If you missed this story the first time, a friend of mine, he he heard the story and wanted me to clarify, which I'll get to in a minute. But he was never truly a professional tattoo artist. It was something that he did on the side, but he got really good at it. And he tattooed a lot of different people. One of the people who he tattooed, I didn't know her, but apparently my family knew her, and he did, like, half of her tattoo on her forearm. And it was like a dragon with some fire, in which I was shocked, because the last time I left him and he was doing tattoos, he was doing, like, pretty much stick figures and things of that nature. (laughs) I don't know when this man got to be able to do dragons, but kudos to him. So apparently he did it, 
And he realized halfway through it that he didn't like it and he didn't know how to fix it. So it was the first time that he'd ever done a tattoo that he looked at and completely didn't like. And he felt bad. He felt so bad, in fact, that he stopped tattooing. Now, when my family ran into this person, she loved it. She was like, how is my friend doing? I haven't heard from him in a while because he never finished my tattoo. So she was cool with it. She was fine with it. Didn't see anything wrong with it. She was cool. Then I find this out, and I immediately go to him. And I'm like, bro, I've, I've been told that you are out here <laughs> ghosting people on tattoos. So he, he kind of looks at me like, yeah, that's kind of true. Now, he claims he didn't ghost her. He retired. That's, that's what he claims. <laughs> he retired from tattooing, and he like he got rid of all of his stuff, and he just wasn't doing it anymore because he was that disappointed in himself that that's why he stopped. But I'm like, either way, she's under the impression that you were going to finish it, and she likes it. She doesn't even hate it. In my mind, I could understand if she was like looking for you and cursing your workout and putting all of this pressure on you to finish it. I would kind of understand why you would feel like, all right, I need to just back out of this altogether. And, and I would at least help her get to a professional to fix it. But he just decided it was too much for him. He was done with it all. So <laughs> I speak to my family, and turns out that they actually saved her number hoping that I would get to my friend and then my friend would get in contact with her, which is exactly what happened. So I ended up seeing my friend over um, over the holidays, over the vacation, and I spoke to him about it. And at first he was a bit hesitant. He was like, man, I haven't tattooed in so long, and I don't even know if I want to reopen that. And I was like, bro, you have to fix this. Like, you just have to. I mean, this person is running around not, like, actually speaking highly of you. And I, I can't imagine being in her situation and still having anything nice to say about you at all. So the fact that she is not even throwing dirt on your name, she loves the tattoo, like, you have to make this right. I don't even know how you're sleeping at night not making this right. And he thought about it for a while. And he was like, you know what? You're right. And apparently he's been thinking about getting back into tattooing anyway. So he saw it as like, maybe this is the means to me getting started again by fixing this and then actually getting back to a craft that he enjoyed doing. So I made him text her like literally right then and there. Like me, my friends, we were all together. I was like, you got to text her right now. Like, because I know you. You'll say you're going to do it and yeah. you, you don't do it. And he did it. We gave him the number. He texted her. They spoke. And they came up with a date for him to finish the tattoo. And he's going to do it. And he's going to fly her out because she doesn't live there anymore. Oh, what? So he's no, actually wow. going to pay for her plane ticket and do the tattoo. And then he looks at me like, are you happy now? It's not about me, bro. It's not about me. But she will get her tattoo fixed and he's going to make it right. And then hopefully all will be well with my friend in the universe. And how long has it been since he first put the tattoo on her? It's been about two, three years. I two, believe. three years that she's been walking around with half a tattoo. With a dragon with no fire. Just uh, <laughs> the Burt Show. All right, so um, y'all want to see my butt? Yeah. Free? Save that. Amber and uh, Amber and Jackson are in the studio. Uh, uh, love you guys. Don't know you well enough. I'm not going to show you my ass. Okay, okay. so Thank you all you. just hang over there until Understood. we get to the Facebook dating segment. Noted. All right, so remember, I came on the air yesterday and I told you guys I did something I've never done. I went to the bathroom with the sharpie. Nobody could guess it. And I told you something bit me on my butt and I had to put like some markers around it so I could keep tabs on it to see if it spread or not because if it was spreading well then lord knows what I got bit by and I need to go to like the ER and get it taken care of I had my husband look at my butt last night and all is good like nothing has spread but <laughs> is, except the cheeks <laughs> 
Dark Abby coming out early. Early. Okay. <laughs> so, but it is so gnarly looking. So I wanted to know if you wanted to see it. Yes. Okay. All right. So, and you can go ahead and if you can. Right, hold on. Oh, I thought you were going to bring out a photo. No. I thought about showing you a photo, but I thought this might be more fun. <laughs> Listen, this is a canon event, Abby. Aren't you all about those? <laughs> hey, Jake, can you come get me? I'm scared. Ooh, girl. Wow. Right? Girl, you got a That's nice booty. Something got you good. <laughs> what, what do you think did that? A brown recluse. Stop it. I'm not kidding. But, no, it's okay, but necros- a fun fact, getting necrosis from a spider bite is genetic. What? Whether or not you get necrosis. Uh-huh. It can be a, a gene that you have, whether or not it's mine. So you look fine. If it's not spreading, you're good. But I, that would be my guess. If your pants were on the floor and you're in a cabin in the woods yep. that's not used regularly, it's Airbnb'd only, yep. that would be my guess. For us like that. stupid people, what's necrosis? Um, it's where your, <laughs> your flesh dies off from the poison. Oh. Like, you know, when yeah. you see a spider bite and, like, there's a hole in your leg or whatever, so you see the photos. Is, no, she, it's no, not dying. Can we have a funeral? <laughs> What'd you say? Can we have a funeral for your butt? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to put me face down. That way everybody has to look at my ass when they say goodbye. No, y'all, no, y'all playing dead ass. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Y'all would enjoy that. You're welcome. It really just looks like you got kicked in the butt. I know, Does right? It still itch? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Oh, oh, it itches. Yes, it itches. Hydrocortisone, the cream stuff. Oh, works. man. All right. So moving on to Facebook dating. <laughs> Transition. <laughs> yes, since my dating life is ass. <laughs> All right, so um, Jackson, you have feelings about it because uh, you called out Amber for this. Yeah, so Amber and I in our other little room over there down the hall um, have gotten to know each other quite well after, you know, we just sit there and joke around all day, basically. Has she also shown you her ass? Because <laughs> that's what we do in this studio. <laughs> Apparently. Mom, we'll do it up. later. I'm scared. <laughs> um, and so uh, a common theme that has come up has been Amber talking about how single she is and how how much, how long it's been since she's felt the touch of another woman. And Whoa, wow. Wow. Confidence, Jackson. We're going to it all out. Christian just showed her butt. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm trying to help her out and, you know, just give little, you know, tidbits where I can and just put my input and my two cents in where I can. And I'm like, okay, well, like, have you tried out the apps? And she's like, yeah, like here and there. And I'm like, okay, yeah, what apps are you on? Like, I found that Hinge has been like my greatest success story for when I was on, you know, all those dating apps. And she was like, uh, I haven't gotten around to putting my profile up there, but I do use Facebook dating. Now, hold on, hold on, The first thing I said was Bumble, and then I said Facebook dating. I feel like the order matters. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know Facebook dating was a thing. I didn't I know it was either. I had no, no idea. I think it's like a couple years old. I don't think it's super new. Yeah, yeah. it's like Farmers Only. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think farmers only Amber. might be above Facebook dating. <laughs> wow. wow. So why, why Facebook dating, Amber? Well, because one, it's free. Oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> well, you, know, you get what you pay for, I guess, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you, I thought it was like a step up from Plenty of Fish, right? 
Is it not? Isn't mm-hmm. Plenty of Fish a Christian dating site? No. 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 That's, no. That's the Christian fish Mabel. radio station. Yeah, plenty of Fish no. is just because there's plenty of fish in the sea. It doesn't have anything to do with the Jesus fish. Oh, uh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Trust me, I've been to church. There ain't plenty of fish there. <laughs> <laughs> So I was telling him, I was telling him, uh, you know, I'm ready to get out there and see what's going on in the world. And so I thought, I remember listening before I worked here, you guys had a guy on talking about like the social media dating apps and stuff. And he said, well, Bumble's not for your age range and you should look at Hinge. So I, I did download Hinge, but once you get those Facebook dating profiles up, it's like, ugh, it's so boring. It's the same crap and ugh. So I tried Facebook dating because I already have Facebook and I thought that would be a way to kind of edge out the creepers because they have have profiles. You yeah. know what I mean? But I little did I know that Facebook dating is trash. I had no idea. <laughs> well, I haven't heard one way or the other about it, so I don't know if it's trash. I just know, like, hmm. Well, it's just, it's... It's the people who consistently post on Facebook, and this is not everybody, but when I go onto my Facebook feed, the people who are consistently posting are posting a bunch of trash. Like, not family photos, those are great, but like really bad hot takes and just really dumb memes and stupid stuff. And that's why I would not insert myself into the Facebook dating pool. But then again, I'm married, so (laughs) I haven't haven't done online dating. It's always a step step up from, like, Craigslist, like, misconnections, right? (laughs) Okay, Okay, we need to stop justifying Facebook dating (laughs) with some of the examples that you're using. (laughs) (laughs) Have you tried any dating apps specifically for what you're looking for? Like her or Pink Cupid? Well, I asked a lot of my, my lesbian friends about her and there's another one that starts with a T I think. I think Katie knows what I'm talking about. But um, a lot of them were saying, oh, that one's trash. They're not very good. They, the, My lesbian friends talked me out of the, the lesbian dating apps. What did they say about Facebook dating or did you keep that dirty little secret to yourself? <laughs> yeah, I may have kept that to uh-huh. myself. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you're, you're not in a long-term relationship, but have you gone on any dates from Facebook dating? No. It turns out the people I match with, I don't want. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's about right. You know? But if you match with them, doesn't that mean you? Oh, excuse me. Them? They swiped on me. Okay. And it says these are my matches or whatever. Uh, but I'm not interested in the ones that I get and the ones that I'm interested in don't want me. So this is great. All right. So you're having uh, all kinds of success everywhere. Abby, we're happy, aren't we? Well, yeah, maybe sometimes. <laughs> do we need to do for you what we did for Katie and overhaul your dating profile you on Tinder? You might need to. Actually, we're talking about that at Blue Moon the other day. It needs some work. <laughs> First, my pictures are fantastic. Shut up, Jackson. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do need a little assistance. Are you looking for excitement in Atlanta? Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years, it's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. 
Hey, y'all, it's Katie here from The Bird Show. Pride unites us all, and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in The Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and The Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival, Charlotte FC, with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a one-of-a-kind pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and Pride towel, go to atlutd.com and click the promotional packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Atlanta United. See you there. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine. And I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. The Burt Show. All right, Abby, what would you do? You find some gifts hidden in the trunk of your boyfriend's car. Oh my God, I have a boyfriend? You have a boyfriend. That's the only thing you heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas. And he has a car. <laughs> is it a nice car? It is a nice car. Is it like a big trunk? Yes. Does he have a big trunk? He's got, yes. <laughs> and he cannot lie. Um, so you find some gifts in the trunk of the car, but you know for certain these gifts can't be for you. What do you do? Okay. Well, now I have questions. How do I know they can't be for me? Okay. Well, then let's ask Erica because she's in this exact same situation. Hey, Erica. Welcome to the Burt Show. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing okay. All right. So explain what happened that has you suspecting your man's cheating on you. Okay. All right. So I've been dating this guy, Charlie, for about five months and he's really cool. I really like him. But I just think some things are off. Um, Like, he never introduces me as his girlfriend, and I'm not really sure that he's not seeing other people. Like, whenever I bring it up, he says he doesn't want to, like, set rules or define the relationship too early because, you know, it might ruin all the fun we're having. And, like, I'm not the best at relationships. I haven't had many relationships, so I tried to say, like, laid back about this and be very much a cool girl about things. Mm. Um, But I really need to know what's going on, especially after what I found the other day. Um, So two days ago, I used his car to run to the store. Um, And while I was loading the groceries in, I found several shopping bags filled with women's clothing, like things like a purse, sunglasses, Um, and some gift boxes and Christmas wrapping supplies. Um, And all these clothes are completely different 
from mine and the sizes are way too small. Um, and you know, it's not like Charlie has any sisters and it's definitely not stuff he would buy for his mom. Um, so I'm like, who are these gifts for? You know, if he's seeing someone else, then he obviously is more serious with her because he actually told me that we should set the gift limit at a hundred dollars. Um, and these things were way more than that. Can you help me find out? Like if you're seeing someone else. So there you are at the grocery store loading the groceries and you're in the parking lot. You open the trunk of the car and you see all these items. And I would have done the same thing as you. Oh, You're going through the bags. You're looking at the tags. You're looking at the sizes. You're looking at everything. And you just, I mean, some dudes are a little oblivious when it comes to sizes. Are you for certain that none of this is for you? Totally. Okay. Yeah. There, there's, there's, it, there's no, it's unmistakable. And I'm assuming he has no business to where he would be, he would have like these types of clothes in his possession either. No, not at all. Because, Unless he like lives a life I don't know about. Yeah. And I could see too, like if you can confront, if you confront a guy about this, um, cause I think we've actually had this excuse before, um, or, you know, one person's excuse, another person's reason, whatever. Um, and he'd be like, oh, well, my buddy didn't want his wife to see him, so I'm keeping him in my trunk for him. Oh. Like, So if you were to confront him, I guarantee you like that would be, could potentially be one of the reasons he gives you as to why those items are in the trunk of his car. Oh, yeah. Dudes mm-hmm. are going to try and justify just about anything, mm-hmm. especially when they're caught red-handed. I don't know why. I was picturing them, like, wrapped in the back seat. So I'm like, oh, I would probably, like, give them a shake and see if they're for me. But if I'm going through and I'm a size, like, whatever, and it's four sizes too small and it's like a little baby tee, yeah. I'm going to wonder who he's seeing. But, so. again, but again, so um, Erica, you've been dating, um, you're calling him Charlie for five months and you guys have never had the exclusivity talk? No, no, because, you know, if I try to broach the subject, he's like, I don't want to define what we are. You know, we're having a lot of fun. Why do we ruin things? You know, I don't want to ruin things. I feel like the fact that he doesn't want to define the relationship after five months and doesn't want to claim you uh, to other people is just as big as a red flag as those gifts in the trunk. I mean, when you put all those things together, I, I almost feel like you have an answer before you even seek for one. I completely agree. I read this book by Steve Harvey about relationships. I think it was the act like a lady, think like a man. And I will never forget Mm -hmm. this because he was like, there's three or four P's that a man will do when he loves you. And one of them is profess. And he's like, if your man is not professing to the world that you are his, he's he's being shady and he's hiding something. So I think there's definitely something going on with this guy. I'm curious. What are the other P's? Penis. (laughs) No, it is not. No. One of the P I was thinking. It's one of them. It's like profess, provide, protect. It might be those three. If there's more, I'll bring them up on another segment. But those are the three that I remember. He will provide for you. So if he's setting that $100 budget, I mean, it's not exactly providing for me, but protect. Yeah, he ain't protecting you with this. All right. So, Erica, what we're going to do is we're going to do our To Catch a Cheater War of the Roses. Because obviously, if he has the gifts in the trunk of his car, he would have bought them for somebody specific. So we will send him an email pretending to be a florist, see if he bites and sends flowers to anybody, what type of flowers and who he sends them to. And we'll touch base with you tomorrow and see if we can get you any answers, okay? Okay, thank you guys so much. You're so welcome. The Bird Show. 
time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Time Magazine is set to announce its person of the year tomorrow, and the shortlist has already come out. And there's one major pop star on it, and I just wanted to put out. Weird for- Al. What? Weird Al. Weird Al. <laughs> Can you imagine for his statement saying that Spotify wasn't paying them enough? Um, for context... Like Time Magazine, I mean, the last person that was on it was the Ukrainian president and the spirit of Ukraine. It's world leaders that typically get this cover, right? And on this short list are the Hollywood strikers, all the actors and writers that were fighting for fair pay, Mm -hmm. the people who are going to prosecute former President Trump. Barbie is on this list. Oh, if Barbie is Time's person of the year, that would be, oh, yes, the Chinese president is on there. Open AI CEO is on there. Vladimir Putin's on there. King Charles III is on there. Mm-hmm. And guess who's among them? Taylor Swift! I would have never guessed. <laughs> Taylor Swift is on the shortlist for Time's Person of the Year. Time wrote, Grammy Award winning artist Taylor Swift has had a major year from re-releasing her albums with record-setting streams to making one of the most successful concert films in history. Swift's Eras Tour is also on track to become the highest grossing global tour of all time. So we will find out tomorrow if she is going to be on the list or she's going to be on the cover. So all those, who would you prefer, Mo? Wow. Um, hmm. My vote's Barbie. I would love for Barbie to be time person of the year. Uh, Yeah, I go with Barbie too. That's fine. (laughs) You know what that sounds like? You don't care. I don't don't, don't remember half of it either. Can I I be honest on there? Because I do get some flack for being a fangirl for Taylor Swift, but I do think she's a major contender for this award. And I say that because there are literally world leaders begging her to come to their countries because of the economic impact that Mm -hmm. she brings. I mean, when Taylor comes to your city, I mean, I can't remember what the official numbers are, but she's pumped like billions of dollars back into the economy. And for it to happen on such a global scale, I mean, it's so much more than just like some pop star going on tour. Like, I really do think she has helped her and Beyonce. I mean, are you kidding me? And Barbie. But just from a global standpoint, like, I, I really do think Taylor's a contender here. And I would love to see my girl on the cover. You I would didn't never say Beyonce, cover. did you? What? You didn't say Beyonce, did you? Beyonce's not on the short list, but... She, she, she should be. She should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Taylor Swift is also set to earn over $100 million from Spotify alone as well. That People crunch the numbers for that. She is Spotify's top artist of the year. Uh, and I know Weird Al Yankovic was given uh, Spotify a hard time for how little they're getting paid. Taylor is not, uh, is not having that conversation at all. I didn't realize how little Spotify paid their artists. They get paid .0035 cents per stream. It's bad. It's it's really that is bad. little, little, mm-hmm. little, little. Um, but speaking of Beyonce and another woman who is killing it in the economic world, her Renaissance concert film won the box office over the weekend with $21 million. Good Ooh. for you, Beyonce. It was much, uh, it, it did much better than expected in terms of what it was projected to make. And I know she is laughing all the way to the bank. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of a list that both Taylor and Beyonce are on, the American Heart Association came out with a CPR playlist. That includes <laughs> that includes new track tracks from Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Do you remember that episode of The Office where yep, the they, first that's what popped? That's yeah, why that, I laughed because yeah. in my head that whole episode of The Office just played out. Yeah. So if you've never seen this episode of The Office, they had to do CPR training and they had to use the song "Staying Alive" as a way to keep on track 
uh, for for what to do when someone's having a heart attack and you got to like pump their chest. Uh, I don't know, restart it, and you have to be doing it. At a, <laughs> do some to it. I don't know what happens. I don't know what the science is, but there it has to be a hundred to hundred twenty beats per minute. And Taylor Swift's "You're Losing Me" is on there, which includes a literal soundbite from her heartbeat. And Beyonce's "Virgo's Groove" is on there. That's not like bad irony. For the song to be called "You're Losing Me," yeah, right. Like, come on, fam. That's not like. One of you have that playing while you're trying to give somebody CPR. That's not what I want to hear. It's so funny because one of the lyrics is, um, "I can't get my heart to start anymore." Come on. (laughs) It's it's literally about her like dying because this breakup is so bad. But there's also. And they want you to use that while giving somebody CPR. Yeah. Okay. If somebody does go into cardiac arrest or have a heart attack during the holiday season, there's also a holiday CPR playlist, including Wham's Last Christmas. Last Christmas, I gave you my. Because it's going to be your last Christmas. (laughs) 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 Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Are you going like this? A marshmallow, <laughs> a marshmallow world, Dean Martin. And this is playing in the background. <laughs> I don't think I want any of those in the background if I'm going out. And the last two, Winter Wonderland, Tony Bennett. He's oh. <laughs> <laughs> pumping. It don't feel right. And last one, Let It Snow, Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Jerry. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, Grandpa's gone down on Christmas dinner? <laughs> let, let it snow, snow, let it snow, let, let it, it snow. snow. Don't go, don't go. Oh, that's it. Don't go, don't go, don't go. All right, one of the most iconic Christmas tracks that is not on this CPR playlist. Yes. It's hit number one after 65 years. I'm going to tell you about the new record on your next Ebos on The Bird Show. The Bird Show. All right, I'm going to throw a little hypothetical at you, Mo. Okay. All right, so you're married. Happily, and your wife has a friend who's who's a man, and he's starting to have some issues in his marriage. And your wife and her buddy, they've always joked about being each other's backup spouse, but it's always been lighthearted, nothing uh-huh. major or whatever. But now that he's starting to have issues in his marriage, you're like... This joke isn't coming across as a joke anymore. <laughs> it's not so funny. It's not so funny anymore. Um, you Do you confront him? Do I confront him about the situation of... You, you feel like he's starting to catch feels for your girl, for your lady, for your wife? Mm, no, I no. wouldn't confront him. No, no. I would feel like um, I would let her know how I feel mm-hmm. about the situation, and I would let her handle it how she saw fit. And whatever she chose to do, my issue would be with her, never him. Gotcha. Because it ultimately, it's her responsibility. I mean, everybody has their own responsibility. But if he were to make a move, it shouldn't matter because she's going to turn him down, right? Exactly that. All right, Dana, welcome to the Burr Show. Thanks for joining us. So this is the situation you find yourself in, correct? Yeah. So we've all been friends for a few years and like they have this joke that they're each other's backup sauces because they just get along really well and it's always been something that we've all kind of been in on and it hasn't been anything weird up until now um but we've been married for five years so we're pretty solid but her marriage has kind of started to get a little rocky and it i don't know i mean i'm obviously not seeing it from the inside so it doesn't feel like they're working through the things that are happening Mm -hmm. um 
but now with everything going on, it's the joke has felt a little more pointed, and it definitely feels like it means something different to her. So I don't know if I should confront her, or maybe I'm just projecting something that's not there, or maybe I don't. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. What does your husband feel or say about all of it? I haven't really specifically brought it up with him either, because I again I don't want to like make a conflict where there isn't one. But it's just kind of where I'm feeling what I'm seeing between the two of them, and just the fact that they do get along so well, and they are a little bit closer as friends than, like, necessarily me and her are, so. Like, if you were to confront her, how, let, let's play this out. Like, if you were to confront her, how would that conversation go? I mean, I, I would probably try to be gentle. I'm not, I, I'm not a very confrontational person in general, but I, I would you. just be like, hey, um, this is starting to feel a little less like a joke, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to let you know where I'm coming from and not trying to project anything, but just saying that this is kind of what I'm feeling with everything going on. What What has your relationship with her been like in the past? Are you guys friendly? Is it just cordial? You just deal with her because of your husband or how has that been? Yeah, I mean, we're, we kind of met as couple friends. So like we're all kind of friends together, but uh, like they have definitely had more of that friendship connection over the years. Um, so I would say we're probably still friends because of their friendship, but I would say we're definitely on friendly terms for sure. I may have missed this, but is there a reason you can't talk to your husband first about this and maybe have him put a little bit of distance in the relationship if you're feeling uncomfortable? I mean, honestly, that probably is a better plan. (laughs) But I, yeah, I just, I don't know if I, I feel like I'm like maybe projecting, so I haven't brought it up with him either. And I just don't want him to blow it off either, you know, and be like, oh, no, that's you're definitely not happening. Because I don't know, I feel like sometimes men don't see it. <laughs> Dana, do you feel like if you do bring this up to her, do you think it'll be received well? Or is she the type of person who's going to see this as almost an insult when you bring it to her? I'm really not sure. She can be a little bit uh, more confrontational. So I'm worried that she's going to go on the defensive and get, especially with everything going on, and get really angry and then again like I said it's going to create a conflict where there wasn't necessarily one um but I I I also don't want to ignore my gut feelings Mm -hmm. you know all right so Dana as your radio BFF what I would tell you to do um I would not confront her but I would and I'm not going to use the word confront I would have a conversation (laughs) with your husband and I It would be like one of those in bed before you're about to go to sleep or something like just super chill. It'd be like, hey, um, I just wanted to explain uh, how something's making me feel. And this this whole like joke about you and so and so being each other's backup spouse, you know, it, it was it was funny in the beginning, but now it's starting to take on a different feel now that she and her husband are having like marital issues. So I was wondering if you could um, if you could respect these feelings of mine and just try to like steer clear of that joke. It would really mean a lot to me. Yeah, that that sounds great. <laughs> 
I mean, I agree because I, I feel like I don't know her, but I, in approaching her, it just feels like it's going to make it worse. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, especially and already think about it, Dana. If she's already having issues in her marriage, she's probably in a in a rocky place herself. So adding something like this, you you, you really don't know what kind of reactions you you get. I don't see anything wrong with you like explaining to your head, like not getting, don't get mad at him about the joke because the joke was never an issue before. But circumstances have changed. And now the joke doesn't land the way it used to. I have I see no issue with you telling your husband exactly that. Hey, this joke is just not landing like it used to because, you know, Carol and Steve are having trouble in their marriage. So how about we just kind of like steer steer clear of that? Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. I mean, that, I'm that, with you. That's yeah. the approach. That's the only approach. All right. Well, yeah, Dana, that feels much less intimidating, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is your husband. You should be able to express how th- things make you feel. You know what I mean? And and it it should be received well from him because he loves you. The whole communicating in a marriage thing. I tell you. I know it, right? <laughs> Wild <laughs> concept. <laughs> All right. Um. Good luck, Dana, and let us uh, keep us updated on how everything's going. Okay. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Hey, the Bird Show. All right. Do not go off on your customers. Do not go off on your retail worker. Instead, go off on our retail vent line. It's that time of year. I know stresses are high. People are pulled in a million different directions. And that's why we always bust out the retail vent line during the holiday season. 404-954-1360. We use the voice disguiser. You don't have to use your name. Use as much profanity as you like. Kaylee is very proficient at using the, the beep button to, mm-hmm. to beep out all of your curse words and get all that stuff out. That way you feel lighter after something like this. It's the most wonderful time of the year. This is a PSA for all the dumb people think they're getting a good deal on sh- If it's too good to be true, don't get pissed off when you get ripped off buying fake AirPods. Don't buy them on Facebook if you don't know the person. There's so many fakes out there. Stop. I work for UPS, and if I have one more person call me and tell me that their weave is for a funeral or that their Nikes are for a funeral or that their Amazon package is detrimental to their health and well-being, I'm going to lose my ish because it is not that important. We do deliver cancer medication. We do deliver people payroll so that they can have a warm, nice house to go home to. We do not care about your Nike. We do not care about your hair extension. And we definitely do not care about your Amazon. Thank you. You, you self-serving motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm a person too. I do the same bullshit y'all do. Why the f*** you yelling at me? Motherfuck you, motherfuckers. You f- ass bitch. Motherfucker, <laughs> that's what's up. How do you bitches? Here's another thing. So pretty simple stuff. When you're shopping for clothing, the clothes are typically small to extra large from top to bottom. If you open up the small, look at it, see the decals, okay, you need an extra extra large, go to the bottom. You don't need to unfold them all. The extra extra large is going to look just like the small with more f***ing material. What is there to look at? Hey, if you're not being a nice person during the holidays, then f*** you. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Short, sweet. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. All right, so if you have some things you need to get off your chest, uh, you can ring up our retail vent line. Again, that number is 404-954-1360. Right, Abby, have you heard about the Golden Retriever Man? Oh, I have. <laughs> your thoughts? Okay, before I get your thoughts. Um, so, yeah, the Golden Retriever Man is going viral on TikTok. Most faces is, is intriguing me. Would you have any guesses on what the definition of a golden retriever man is? It's the opposite of Mo. Why? Because like you're more of like a you're more of like a cat. Oh, <laughs> what? what? How did this turn into insulting me? <laughs> That's not a bad thing. I'm I'm so the with the golden retriever boyfriend trend. It's always like. There's always a black cat girlfriend and a golden retriever boyfriend. That's how they're always paired up. Oh, my husband's the black cat and I'm the golden retriever. Exactly. So your girlfriend is probably the golden retriever in the relationship. Hmm. Now I'm very intrigued because I'm allergic to cats. I, don't like <laughs> I, I thought it was like a, a just an attractive guy with a golden retriever, but I'm assuming now that I'm wrong. That's no. not accurate, though. <laughs> it has nothing to do with your appearance. Okay. All right. So golden retriever men have been hailed as the generation's new heartthrobs, beloved by young social media uh, uh, social media addicted singletons. This is according to the New York Post. On TikTok, videos with the hashtags, hashtag golden retriever men, hashtag golden retriever boys, have collectively clocked up tens of millions of views, setting hearts aflutter. But what is a golden retriever man? It doesn't refer to the owners of the dogs, okay. but to the men who actually possess the same qualities as the canine. Think gentle, sweet, affectionate, and eager to please, not to mention easy to train. <laughs> oh, yeah, Abby was right. Yeah. <laughs> See, I promise I wasn't insulting you. No, so, like, Travis Kelsey is li- literally yep. the urban dictionary definition of a golden retriever boyfriend. Just, like, really good vibes. Is so happy to see the your girlfriend when she rolls up. But then the antithesis, and like I said earlier, there's always a golden retriever boyfriend or girlfriend paired up with a black cat partner. And so, like, Taylor Swift is the black cat partner. I'm the black cat partner in my relationships. And you're just a little bit more cool and, you know, you're a bit more sly. All right, so Cassie, in your marriage, who's the cat? Who's the retriever? I actually think we got two black cats. I think you do, too. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying this, and I'm, like, running through stuff in my head. I'm like, is it possible? Are we doomed? Because I'm happy to see him, and I will do stuff for him, and he'll do stuff for me, but it's we're both very independent. It's not like we... It's very strange. We'll go out of our way to do nice things for each other, but not every day all the time. Because hmm. I'm thinking of my friends, and I don't want to, like, out them, um, but I know one couple in particular, she's the black cat, he's the golden retriever. I'm like to a T. Like they couldn't be more like a, a more of a prime example of this. And then I have another um, couple and I'm like, I think they're two golden retrievers. Oh, that would be a great relationship, I feel like. Yeah, it's a fun couple to be around. Exactly. I'm like, I really feel like they're two golden retrievers. So yeah, apparently this is a thing now on TikTok. One TikTok user uh, who was lucky enough to snag her, a golden retriever man, explained why she loved his qualities. Um, And she said, golden retriever boyfriends are the best. Someone who balances out your chaos, wants to see you smile. When he's having a bad day, he surprises me with flowers just to see me smile, which is all he wants. Forever grateful. So yeah. Hashtag Golden Retriever Men. So is the theory here that you have a better chance of making it in your relationship if it's one and one? It's not really a theory. It's more of an observation. Got it. All right, coming up next. Um, I don't know, but it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, The Bird Show.
Wallet Hub has determined the most fun cities in all of America. Would you like to guess where our city of Atlanta fell? Uh, and before you guess, uh-huh. just, just so you know how Wallet Hub did this, and this is a very intricate formula that they, they come up with. They said in order to determine the most fun cities in the U.S., Wallet Hub compared 182 cities, including the 150 most populated U.S. cities, plus at least two of the most populated cities in each state across three key dimensions, entertainment and recreation, nightlife and parties, and cost. We evaluated those dimensions using 65 relevant metrics listed below with their corresponding weights. And it goes on and on and on and on. So it's like like a legit formula they used. So... Of the most fun cities in America, where do you think Atlanta fell? You said 182 out of 182? Out of 182. Oof. Um, 10. I'm going to guess that we're in the top 10, but we're higher than 5, but lower than 10. So, like, let's go with a solid 7, just like me. (laughs) (laughs) I think, ooh, I think we're going to be around 29. Okay. I'm going to give you the top five, all right? Mm-hmm. Coming in at number five, San Francisco. Mm, okay. okay. Anybody ever been to San Fran? I have. I have. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Coming in at number four, Atlanta. Hey, wow. Top we, five, huh? Yes. We came in at number four. Wow. We're above SF. Yes. All right. So who do you think the top three are? And it's not New York, and it's not L.A. New York's not up there? New York came in at number 10. What? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I love Atlanta. New York is way more fun than Atlanta. <laughs> it's bad on your wallet, though. Yeah. I, I bet Orlando because of Disney. Oh, Orlando's yeah. number two. That was a good guess. Is Miami in there? Miami's Miami. number three. Yep. All right. Who do you think the, the number one most fun city? It's, Nashville? No. Pigeon Forge. Okay. <laughs> Gatlinburg. Okay. No, Vegas. no, no. Huh? Yeah! Yeah. What did you say? Vegas. Oh. Yeah, that tracks. I am so proud of you guys. You did so good. Crushed it. If there's one thing the Burt Show knows, it's fun. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we avoided it at all costs. <laughs> well, it is our mantra of the show. Real oh, no, it's fun. We're real, yeah, we're real fun. E. E. Oh, we are? You got you got oh, E. How fun have you been on this show? We've got half the word out. Burt <laughs> Show, real funny. <laughs> <laughs> Starting Bert, Mo, Abby, and Chris. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> yeah, I've been here for twelve years. You think I know that? Like, are we real fun or are we? Fun? I don't even know what the hell we are anymore. All right, <laughs> good job though. All right, so Mo, you have um, you have a little because you have you you now are a part of the Big Brothers Big Sisters Club, which I think is awesome. Thank and you. you were partnered up with a little, and you guys have been hanging out. And apparently, you have a hard time. You said, uh, I don't want to say disciplining children, but what's the word? It's not disciplining. It's it's more like, um, I don't even know what the word is either. Maybe you guys can help me after I give you the story. And it's funny that we're just speaking of fun because that's like a... um, an issue that I think I've been having, and I don't even think it's an issue, but as a big brother, right? Like, you always want to be the cool big yeah. brother. Yeah. And that's where I think the line that I struggle with is, because for those who, like you, you said, may not know, I decided to join the Big Brother program, and this is now going on, I think, my fourth or fifth month doing it, so we've had, like, four different outings with King at this point. That is my little, and 
it's been great. It's I've been I'm so happy that I've done it. Each time we have more fun than we did the last time, and he's more comfortable. And it's just been each time it's been amazing. Awesome. And so this most recent time, um, his mom has now, which I I take very I take to heart, has gotten comfortable enough to just leave us and just go handle her business for a few hours. And she's like, "Y'all have all of the fun. I will be back." But there was one thing that she asked of me. And so every time that me and my little go to like an arcade place. He has a tendency to spend literally all of his money on a claw machine. Uh, He is addicted. That that is his thing. Like, it'd be so many games in there, so many different things to do, and he has an opportunity to play all of these games, and for some reason, he just wants to do the claw machine. And it's never enough. Like, if he wins three or four times, he wants to keep winning and keep winning. And she wants him to try He's other chasing things. that high, man. Exactly that, right? And if you've ever seen somebody addicted to something, you see it in its form. Like, you see it happening, and you don't know what to do. So she looks at me, and she's like, Mo, I want y'all to have all of the fun. She gives me the card with all of the points on it, and she's like, turn it up with him. Do whatever you guys want to do. Just do not let him spend all of his money on that claw machine. And she looks at me like, I'm counting on you. You had you had one job. You have one job. So I looked at her like, not a problem. Of course. Like, well, it's so many things. We had Dave and Busters. So many things to do. I got this. So then, right as we're about to walk away, uh, there was a lady who, uh, I, I love her for this. Thank you so much. She's a fan of the show, and she had she was there with her company, and so she gave me, like, two additional cards. She's Aww. like, we're on our way out, so if you, you guys want to use these, go ahead and use them. I'm like, really? Thank you. Thank you so much. And there were a ton of points on each card. So now we, like, pointed up. We yeah. got all the points in the world. He looks at me. He's excited. I'm excited. I'm like, let's do it. So we start walking around. Sure enough, I see it happen. I see his eyes. Go to the left. He's like, oh, claw machine. The claw. The, the claw. Right? I said, here we go. Now, mind you, his mom heard him say this to me. She oh, didn't yeah. say it in secret. So I'm thinking, like, you heard what your mom said, right? So he's like, yeah, he kind of waves me off. Yeah, I heard him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it. So then we go over, and he does it, and he's like, one more time. And he does it again, he doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. One more time. He does it again, he doesn't get it. One, one more time. time. So at this point, we're on like the 10th one more time. So I'm like, King, we got to go do something else, buddy. You heard what your mom said. We can't do this. Let's go do something else. So finally, I pull him away from the claw machine, and we went and did like, I think, basketball, and we did like one more thing. I think we did like a bowling game, and then he just makes a beeline. I mean, at this point, I'm chasing him. Like, he's running <laughs> right back. I need the claw. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So here I go chasing him. By the time I catch up to him, he done clawed two or three more times. <laughs> now he won. So I thought, oh, okay. okay, great. Like, we're done here. He won twice in a row. We've satiated the need. Yes, we're finished. Then he goes, oh, I didn't see the other one. And he runs again. <laughs> it goes to the other claw machine. He's like, I have to win from this one. By the time I looked up, y'all, it was like 300 points. He had like seven left because he done used it all on the claw machine. Then he gives me his card and goes, let me see yours for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is the point where I'm supposed to say no. I'm supposed to say no. You yeah. already, already won. Yep. We tried all the claws. Let's go try to do something else. I gave him my card. <laughs> I'm so bad. You're a pushover is what you're I like. am. You're I didn't know. I was like, so now in my defense, when his mom did come back to pick him up, he was, I never saw him this excited in all of the times that we hung out so far. He had a bag full of stuff. He was like, Mom, I had the greatest time. She was looking at me smiling from ear to ear. So she don't know. So in my mind, yeah. if he had the time of his life. That's all that matters. And it took for him to go use the claw machine to do it. Yeah. Did I do right? Yeah. You know you're fine. Okay. Now, yeah. 
I don't know because I'm like, I can't tell him no. no. I knew I was supposed to. Everything in my being said you heard his mom tell him to get off the claw machine. Yeah. I could not do it. You're the, you're the fun uncle. You don't have to tell him no. Okay. That's how that works? That's how that works. All right. Well, he had a great time. I had a great time. And mom just don't need to know about that claw machine. <laughs> <laughs> the Burt Show. Hey, The Burt Show.